0: You have reached the voicemail box of Speed Dial with Ira Madison the 3rd and Doreen St. Felix. This week is our season finale. First we'll be doing our top 5 list of things to keep in 2016 and then our top 10 list of best of 2016. Leave a message.
1: Doreen, now this has been a long ass year. Call me back. Let's talk about it.
0: We did it. We survived 2016. But just barely, honestly.
1: Just barely. Oh,
0: God. This, every year, everybody says that that year was the worst. But I really do think that 2016 was the worst year of my life. And hopefully, the world will just end, so I won't even have to say this about 2017. That's that's my Christmas wish this year.
1: Low-key, I had a really great 2016, if we're being honest. Were you
0: in America? I know it
1: sucked for the world, but <laughs> my 2016 was kind of lit.
0: Oh, I mean, I feel like I can't even think about my personal year because I'm, like, so overwhelmed with all of the wild shit that is going on in this country and abroad.
1: Well, I'm glad that you are very empathetic, um, but... <laughs> <laughs> Just call me Maya because it's all about me, 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 me.
0: Forget oh, about God. you,
1: you, 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 you.
0: <laughs> but one thing that was really great, in fact, one of the highlights of this horrible year for me, was our podcast. This is our 30th yes. episode.
1: <laughs> 30 episodes of us getting to know each other, us Sharing ourselves with the world,
0: us making fun of the world.
1: This is our season finale. After this episode, we're going to be gone for a minute, but we will be back in 2017 with the jump off.
0: <laughs> so sorry to get all meta and sa- and sappy, and to break the fourth wall of our phone call. But seriously, thank you to everybody who listens to our podcast, who shares our podcast, because you know that's just important. We trying to get that money. And for everybody who asks about us and emails us and tweets at us, we read all of your messages, and we really appreciate y'all.
1: And to everyone who hasn't been including us on their best <laughs> podcast of 2016 lists, um, fuck you. Anyway, um, <laughs> let's move on to Some our final things. "keep it" segment of the year. Keep it. Keep it. Keep it. Keep it. We have a top five things we are going to keep in 2016. Doreen, what is number five?
0: Number five is Facebook.
1: I constantly felt like I was Mulder and Scully this year. Um, You know how like on the X-Files they had to go into small towns where like creepy shit would be happening Mm -hmm. uh, just off the fringes of society. But Facebook brings those fringes of society onto my page. (laughs) And you get to see them commenting under every article that's posted on Facebook um, by the New York Times or like BuzzFeed or whenever the president gives like a live press conference. There's live comments happening under it. And you just see the trash of society. Uh, yesterday, I was on my friend's Facebook wall and she was talking about the Russians hacking the election. And this girl commented, um, media hysteria at its finest. ha <laughs> ha. And I was like, girl, what are you talking about? You sound dumb. And she was like. Um, very educated, socially liberal, fiscal conservative over here. And I was like, <laughs> what? And then this white girl like continued to talk about how I was ranting at her and the media is full of lies and WikiLeaks is real and the only one telling the truth. And I was like, you are really not sounding socially liberal over here.
0: But that's what Facebook does. All social media platforms are horrible. We can all agree on this. But the culture of Facebook allows people like that to create really small worlds that reaffirm everything that they think. And that's why Facebook is the fifth worst thing in 2016.
1: What is number four?
0: Bernie Sanders and his stance. The fourth worst thing about 2016. Can you explain to the people why?
1: Here's my thing about Bernie Sanders. First of all, I never saw it for him, okay? I just want to point out that I never saw it for Bernie. Because when he first came out onto the scene, I was like, who is this old man who's been in the Senate um, since the Cold War? (laughs) And... He, like, inspired all of these white people to jump on Facebook, you know, that horrible platform that we just discussed, to tell black people that they were voting against their own interests by voting for Hillary Clinton instead of voting for Bernie. And then when it was clear that he lost the primaries because of simple math, they still wouldn't shut up about him. And then when Hillary was running against Trump and Bernie conceded, they still would not shut up about him. And then when Hillary lost, they still would not shut up about Bernie Sanders. And now Bernie is out here on his own tour, just like Donald Trump's going on his thank you tour. Sanders Mm -hmm. is on his um,
0: I told you so tour
1: on his I told you so tour. Being like, you know, the problem is we're calling white people racist. The problem is we're not reaching across the aisle. The problem is we don't care about the white working class. I'm like exposed, okay? Bernie has been exposed for the fraud that he has always been. And now everyone sees it.
0: I will never deny that Bernie Sanders has done some great things for a lot of people in his role as a senator. However, I think that the way he represents the worst instinct of the left, which is to berate, literally berate, the black and brown and poor people who make up their constituency, that is what I absolutely can't stand. There have been a lot of articles and statements and speculations about how identity politics is what lost us this election, right? Because all these people were tired of hearing um, black and brown young people talk about the specific ways they experience oppression. The irony is identity politics won this election. Donald Trump ran a campaign that was all about white identity politics. We just don't call it that often because whiteness is seen as like the absence of race. But guess what? It isn't the absence of race. It's the excess of it. And I am so over this man and everybody who considers themselves his acolytes and their smugness. It's like, you know what? We're done. This man has been elected. Trump is going to be the president. Why don't y'all shut the fuck up and listen to The only voting bloc who knew what they were doing this year, and that was black women.
1: Speaking of people treating black women like shit, (laughs) our third thing that needs to stay in 2016 (laughs) is Kanye West.
0: (laughs) Oh, God. Tell him. Tell him, Ira.
1: When Kanye. Kanye isn't busy being misogynistic to specifically to black women because he is always rapping about his white queens in his music, you know? It's always like, uh, oh, yeah, I fucked your white wife on your white couch, or Black Tims all on your couch again. Um, (laughs) Whenever he's not doing that shit, he is saying borderline evil things. Like... Tweeting Bill Cosby innocent and Mm -hmm. going to visit Donald Trump at Trump Tower. It's like you just got out of the hospital and we were just concerned for you and your mental health and now you want to go play tiddlywinks, clue, risk, hide and seek, I don't know, with Donald Trump and then you tweet out his time magazine cover that he signed for you like what the fuck is wrong with you
0: i'm so disappointed in kanye i i wouldn't say i'm a kanye stan per se but i really love his music um even the parts of his music that are really stupid like i'm i'm the kind of person who loves them for their stupidity but kanye just really pushed me to the limit A lot of people will make arguments that Trump and Kanye resemble each other because they're both provocateurs, but it's like at the end of the day, Kanye's black and his racism and his misogyny. And it's funny that you mentioned black women because I honestly see Kanye as having like a specific misogyny against white women. I can't imagine what it's like as Kim to deal with a man who raps that stuff about your people, your tribe, and who, you know gossip they are speculating that his inability to be there for her after she was robbed is one of the reasons why they were living separately for a bit but all that's just to say like I understand that artists are different kind of people but Kanye when he shook hands with that man I think he broke a bond that a lot of his fans had for him and it's just like we can't really take it anymore so this, makes, this is a sad one for me but we gotta
1: we gotta keep it. Sad for me too, you know. I, I saw the Pablo tour twice.
0: Yeah, you too You know, I mm-hmm. gave that
1: man good money.
0: You sound like you're giving a Tyler Perry movie speech right now. I like it. Keep going.
1: I gave that man good money. Gave and him all loving. of me. I brought him into my house. I told him, you better watch out. These devils are here. Tell that light-skinned man to save you from your dark skin and your job, professional woman. I don't know what I'm saying anymore.
0: Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Speaking of professional women.
1: Jesus saves. Uh (laughs) Speaking of... Jesus, I
0: mean, actually, because Jesus, he's the he's the one person. Jesus and I are the only two people who are exempt from the next category, number two, and that is men. We are keeping men in two thousand sixteen because men were men trash. Men gotta
1: go. They gotta wow.
0: go. Ira, get your people, please.
1: Listen, listen. I am, I am, I am crossing over into non-binary gender expression. I don't want to be referred to as a man. Call me Khaleesi because I'm like, all men must die. But we are not men.
0: Every man I think about, I hate. Like, I hate Nate Parker. I hate Casey Affleck. I hate Donald Trump. I hate Paul Ryan. I hate Bernie Sanders.
1: I hate Matt Damon.
0: I hate the FedEx guy who runs away before I can even buzz him up so I can get my damn packages. I hate him.
1: Speaking of FedEx, I hate my white neighbor who
0: I hate him too. Yes,
1: tried to yell at me because I left the gate to our bungalow open so that FedEx could actually deliver a package to me. Because otherwise, there's no way for them to actually get into the complex where our apartments are. He tried to berate me like I was ten years old say there's homeless people outside and they might steal my things i'm like keep your things inside your apartment then bitch
0: we hate him every man this year was deplorable
1: and even men that we once loved have found ways to do us harm kanye drake released views
0: <laughs> the weekend the weekend released starboy No, let me stop actually <laughs> I like Starboy now. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny that Frank we just went. <laughs> it's funny that we just went on this rant against men because the number one thing on our list of things to keep in 2016 is actually a woman and her name is America.
1: Yes, America Ferrara. We are through with you. <laughs> I've had enough, ugly Betty. Get the fuck out.
0: America Ferrera we love you. He's being he's being a man. We are actually talking. We're talking about this country. This country is irredeemable. There's nothing we can do. The best possible course of action moving forward is to physically leave this landmass in the dust and let it drown, which will happen quicker now because we have a president who doesn't believe in global warming.
1: I'm actually going to join Westworld.
0: Oh, okay. <laughs>
1: You know, I'm going to go out into the Old West, you know, bond with Sandy Newton, even though she hates me. She came for me on Twitter. <laughs> oh, yeah, she does hate you. Because I don't like her show. Um, but you know what? Living in Westworld seems preferable to living in America.
0: Couldn't agree more.
1: And so now it is time for our top 10 things of 2016, because we may have, you know, a lot of anger and hate and shade on this podcast, but we actually do like things from time to time.
0: We do. And there were 10 things that we liked. Um, we're going to do this in ascending order. Number 10,
1: Donald Glover, his comeback.
0: I not have been more surprised to see all the depth this man had. He's always been, like, really accomplished, you know, on community. He was a writer for 30 Rock in his early 20s. I always knew that about him. But I didn't realize that he would be an artist who would be making testaments to black life. That was not something... (laughs) that I ever thought of this man and he absolutely surprised me even if there were parts of his album that I didn't like or I thought were contrived I still so appreciate the movements he's making the progress he's stoking I'm I'm totally here for Donald Glover and I'm here for whatever new mediums he wants to try out
1: Atlanta was honestly one of the best things on television in 2016 and I am So excited for what he is going to accomplish in the future.
0: Me too. We love you. We love you, Donald. Number nine.
1: Number nine. Um, If Atlanta was the best Black thing on TV this year, the best Caucasian thing on TV this year was Stranger Things.
0: Stranger Things inspired one of the better neologisms on this podcast, White Excellence. Yes. We love Stranger Things so much. We love those little Caucasian children and their antics, that little sleepy town. We're big fans.
1: Yeah. um, There was not much White Excellence this year, to be honest. Very little. I think Stranger Things was... Probably the only white excellence um, we want to give out.
0: I'm, I'm also thinking that maybe we have to leave white excellence in 2016 because I don't need these alt-right harridans finding it and using, using our once beautiful term.
1: Yes. But speaking of white excellence, our number eight thing we love this year is a glamorous (laughs) Caucasian woman by the name of Joanne Prada. Get out of my Caucasian house.
0: (laughs) Joanne the Scammer. One of the best characters to be birthed on the internet.
1: scammer. I love robbery and fraud. I'm a messy bitch who lives for drama. I bought one of those get out of my Caucasian house doormats.
0: You did? (laughs) That's amazing. I need to do that, too. Joanne the Scammer, as a character, existed before 2016, but this year was the one where she just really took off. She's been making, like, longer videos. And there was a really sincere profile of the man who plays Joanne the Scammer in The Fader, and his name is Brandon Miller. And it was so lovely to learn about the inner life of this person and to learn that they're really shy and that Brandon actually didn't even realize he was black for most of his life because he was adopted by white people and it was just like, you know, Joanne is already an amazing invention but the person behind it also has a really, I think, interesting and important story.
1: His life sounds like a Disney Channel original movie. (laughs) Number seven.
0: Our queen. We talked about her in last week's episode, Mariah Carey.
1: I just don't anticipate a year where Mariah Carey isn't one of my favorite things of the year. (laughs) There's always going to be all I want for Christmas is you on the top of the charts. And this year, she brought back her character, Bianca, from the Heartbreaker video at a party where she made everyone dress up as their favorite Mariah Carey. This woman Ooh. is goals.
0: <laughs> she dated a billionaire this year. They broke up, and she basically requested a severance from him of millions and <laughs> millions of dollars. <laughs> I mean, that is, is that not inspiration to employees everywhere? <laughs> like... She's already worth like half a billion dollars, but she still asks this man for money. She's just, ooh, man, I love that woman.
1: Number six is Black Lives Matter.
0: Here's where we get a little more serious. We go to the social side of things.
1: We just need to let y'all know that... These All Lives Matter chants, these Blue Lives Matter chants have not worked. You're still trash. Black Lives Matter is here to stay. You know, we are never going to forget that black lives need to be valued in America.
0: I think the fact that Black Lives Matter became an institution this year in the sense that White people knew if they were going to attack the ideals of diversity or attack what they think is, like, reverse racism, they knew that that was the hashtag to use. It shows that, like, for real before, I used to be a little bit hesitant to say that Black Lives Matter was, like, the civil rights um, action of our generation. But I think it's, like, totally safe to say that that's the case. And I think— more and more people who aren't really on the internet or people who wouldn't consider themselves young activists are becoming familiar with the term. They're learning more and they're using it and they're, like, really proud to say that Black Lives Matter in every single way. Every kind of Black person matters. To me, it's just, like, we'll really see the importance of that kind of galvanization um, in these next four years that are all going to be about, you know making whiteness more important than it ever was.
1: Well said. Um and that brings us to number 5, which is Michelle Obama's Grace. She has been sort of like a shining beacon for 8 years, you know, by Barack's side. Um, she's really just been the most gentle and heartwarming part of his presidency. Mm-hmm. Everything that she has gone through, you know, the racist attacks, um, you know, saying that she doesn't love America um, because of that speech where she said she was, you know, never more proud of America than when they elected Obama. Um, all of that culminated... In this beautiful year where we've just sort of had this long goodbye to the Obamas and realizing that we're not going to have her anymore.
0: I mean, we might even have flowers in the attic really as our first lady since Ivanka is going to be taking up that post.
1: Listen, Doreen, you do not want Politico to fire you.
0: <laughs> <laughs> True. Um, a reporter who this reporter was already leaving Politico, but um, made a tweet about of uh, Donald fucking his daughter, Ivanka Trump, and her exit was accelerated, as it were. MTV don't care yes. about that.
1: <laughs> they really don't. I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure I tweeted that like a month ago. Myself. Oh yeah,
0: I, I regularly. Um, tweet it's that.
1: weird. Ivanka Trump is about is basically like taking on the duties of the first lady, and Melania Trump is nowhere to be found. I think she's vanished since the election.
0: Oh yeah, she's staying in New York. <laughs> the idea that somebody that Michelle could build up the first lady post as gracefully and elegantly and intelligently as she did over the course of eight years when people hated her when Obama was campaigning and now she has a higher approval rate than all of these people. The idea that somebody else is going to come and just like desecrate all the work she did makes me really sad. But also you can tell that Michelle is so ready to be out of that White House. So I'm happy for her.
1: She's tired of that shit. She is going on vacation. She is going to let her hair. She's going to put some box
0: braids in. Like, she's about to mm -hmm. chill. I know my girl.
1: (laughs) Speaking of lit black women, you know what our number four is?
0: Is it RiRi?
1: It is RiRi.
0: Sex with me so amazing vacation rihanna basically rihanna had the first big album that came out in 2016 Anti came out right at the end of january that album is my personal choice for album of the year it i wrote about this in our mtv news end of the year package i think this was when she was both her most authentic but also her most concealed There are so many tracks on Auntie that you think are about her, but then you realize they're just about the shit that, like, girls go through, you know, how high we get, how we're texting some guy who ain't shit and all this stuff. And she just, like, rocked it on her tour. She really stayed out of the fray in a way that I really appreciate because so many of our pop stars who are as famous as her got, like, messed up and stupid like little narratives but she was like all about being above the rest
1: what i really appreciate about her and sort of beyonce too they're sort of on this level where they're extremely visible you know like rihanna still has her instagram and she comments on her fans instagrams often but She's also at an arm's length as a celebrity this year. Yep. You know, she's not, mm-hmm. she's not in the papers. Her business is not in the streets is basically what I mean. You know, every time she wears a flawless outfit, you see a picture of it, but you never know what she was doing that night.
0: Yes. And I think that is an example for all of us going forward. You don't need to be putting all your business out there. There are all these wild people who are trying to attack good Americans. You know, part of the way to survive these next four years is to build your own worlds, build your own fantasies, live like Rihanna.
1: Ain't nobody going to know where the fuck I am in 2017. Let me tell you that. When I take a photo, I might drop it on Instagram two weeks later. (laughs) (laughs) Like, Ira, what are you doing in London? I just saw you at the grocery store yesterday. That's because you need to not know where I am. And speaking of um, a woman who literally is the Where's Waldo of celebrities, because you never know where the fuck she is. um, Beyonce comes in at number three um, alongside her sister, sallange Oh, look,
0: they don't love you like I love you. Slow down. They don't love you like I love you. Back up. They don't love you like I love you.
1: Step down.
0: They don't love I tried to drink it away. I tried to put one in the air. Everybody has been comparing these two trying to say that one of the albums was better or one of them was a truer artist. And I think that's so stupid because we should just be happy and feel blessed that there are two sisters out there both making incredible art, making incredible music that sometimes complements each other but also is sometimes, sometimes super different from each other. To me, that's just a gift. I think that the Knowles family was the most iconic celebrity family in America this year. Lemonade, Seat at the Table, are fantastic albums.
1: Yes, Lemonade is my personal favorite album for 2016.
0: It's been so nice to see them support each other.
1: Mm -hmm. You know what it actually reminds me of? Um, I feel like because they're women, um, people constantly sort of want to like pit them against each other Mm -hmm. and think that there's this sort of competition between them. But they actually remind me of Janet and Michael.
0: Oh, I love that. And it's great that you mentioned that because um, Janet and Michael are the other siblings who had two number one albums in the same year.
1: Mm-hmm. And never once did I ever feel that, like, Janet and Michael were competing with one another. You know? They were just yeah. two flawless siblings dropping music that was hot, giving you music that the people needed.
0: hmm and that's what Beyonce and Solange did this year. Just Tina. we Who we're really thinking here is <laughs> Tina Knowles. Because thank you for bringing all this majesty onto this trash
1: earth. And thank you for, you know, your Instagram too. Because...
0: Honorable it, mention for sure.
1: It is such a peek <laughs> into the Knowles family life. And it is pretty iconic. Maybe the most iconic Instagram account that exists.
0: Yeah. If you're not following Tina on Instagram, you you might as well just delete your account (laughs) because you're not doing it right.
1: Number two, the best film of the year, Moonlight.
0: Ira wrote, I think, my favorite of his essays this year on Moonlight, and it was about how the film undoes some narratives we have about black men and sexuality in America. And every pretty much every essay I read about this movie was so beautiful. And that's what happens when you make exceptional art. It inspires exceptional criticism. And Moonlight is just, I think it's definitely going to go down as one of the greatest films about black life ever made.
1: We'll be talking about this film for years to come. Um film schools if you're not already planning to include it in your syllabus um what the fuck are you doing um this movie is the goat it's already inspired me in my writing and I can't wait for it to inspire countless other black men to make art that's so completely different from what we've seen before you Mm -hmm. know um it's about black love you know um, yeah. that Remy Ma and shit. <laughs> Honestly, oh Remy probably should have been on the top 10 list. I um, know. She's number we 11. We love her. She's, She's a 11. bonus addition. <laughs> Remy Ma is everything. Which brings us to number one. Our final thing on the list. And Hard
0: fart for. If you
1: know me, <laughs> you know what number one is?
0: It is hashtag casual Luxury. <laughs> 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 casual luxury is not a person. It's an idea. Casual luxury is not a movement. It's a way of being. Ira Madison, the Third came up with this incredible just doctrine. I think, for dealing with the world. You can read more on Ira's ideas of casual luxury in his tiny letter, which he started this month. But I'll let the man speak more.
1: Yes. It's tiny letter slash casual luxury. If you want to experience casual luxury in your everyday life, you know, whenever I'm in New York and Doreen and I have lunch, it's a Prosecco lunch, okay? We, you know, we treat ourselves You just need to find ways to be glamorous and lush in everyday situations.
0: And you don't need a lot of money to do these things, right? It's all about just making the right choices. So maybe, you know, you don't want to hang out with your white friends this week. You're not trying to go to that white dinner party. Don't do it. Save that money and get a massage instead on the weekend. That's what casual luxury is about.
1: Don't worry about keeping up with the Joneses. Worry about doing you. Like we said, 2017 is going to be the year of, y'all not going to know where the fuck I am, you know? Next (laughs) month, I'm going on vacation. (laughs) Um, Our podcast will actually not be back until February uh, because Doreen and I are both going to be out of the country. You're not going to know where we are until we update the podcast and tell you where we've been.
0: We might tell you in June, honestly.
1: Yes. Be mysterious, you know? Add mystery to your life. Don't constantly feel like you need to be online all the time, um, engaging in the conversation. Because let me tell you something, the conversation is going to repeat. We're going to be having the same conversation every day for the next four years. And when crazy news is stressing you out, it's really about taking care of yourself. Once again, we want to thank our listeners for tuning in to Speed Dial this year It's been a great 2016 and... We love you. Making this podcast has honestly made my life better.
0: I can't agree more. Not only is Ira one of my best friends now, one of my most trifling friends as well, I also (laughs) feel like we've met so many cool people through your voicemails and it's such an honor that you guys trust us with your problems and with your stories And we can't wait to do this more in 2017.
1: Yes, do it more, do it bigger. Um, We're going to be on a break until February. But when we come back, Speed Dial is ready for the jump off.
0: Like Ira said, we're going to have more guests for you. We're going to have different segments. We're going to change it up. It's going to be speed dial as you know it, but also bigger and better. And we hope you continue to join us for the ride.
1: Peace out. I'll talk to you later, Doreen.
0: See you in 2017. All right. Bye, boo.
1: This episode of Speed Dial was produced by Michael Catano, James D. Green, Hukta Mohan, and Kasha Mahalowicz for the MTV Podcast Network. With additional engineering by Little Everywhere. You can subscribe to this and all of our other shows on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, Spotify, or wherever else you can find your favorite podcasts.